You're listening to DraftKings Network. God bless football, Billy Gill. God bless football, guys. How are you? I'm doing well. Oh, you miss me? You sound like you miss me, Billy. Yeah, where are you? No one knows where you are. That's kind of been the talk around the office this week is where is Stugatz? Is he coming? No. Okay. How do people not know where I am? I am dropping my daughters off at college. I dropped one off at Syracuse. I dropped one off at Northwestern this week. I mean, I put these things in the calendar. I communicate them to Whittingham. I tell Dick, no one listens to me, Billy. I mean, seriously. Hmm. I don't understand how they don't uh, It's annoying. Uh, anyway, nice football game last night, Billy. It was. It was a nice little TNF. Amazon, huh? I was yeah. surprised. Nice little product they put out there. I didn't know yes. what I was expecting, but I liked it. You know, I go around and I notice a lot of bars don't have the Thursday night game on because they don't know how to get Amazon. It's like it's like me and Dan own the bars and no one knows how to access Amazon Prime to watch it on TV. I'm serious. Hmm. Uh, anyway, the Chiefs win 27 to 24. They're 2-0. Patrick Mahomes now, I believe, has seven touchdowns, zero interceptions through two weeks. It seems like he's happy Tariq Hill is no longer there, Bill. <laughs> seems like maybe we were overstating how important Tyreek Hill was to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and on the other side, we'll get to Derwin James and that hit on Travis Kelsey in just a Jeez. second because it was crazy. Yes. But Justin Herbert, who I think Billy was telling me earlier, he thought that he broke his ribs. Now, we're still not certain. He'll probably get some x-rays. He came back into the game. He threw a touchdown went out for a single play uh threw a big interception that really changed the game a pick six the other way as the chargers were about to oh. score yeah terrible terrible uh i love a Herbert. 99 yard pick six. Oh, they're great yeah mm -hmm. yeah when the guy knows he's gonna score around the 50 and he just starts putting it in cruise control you know yeah 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 it's a good one uh but hey justin herbert great head of hair but how about this Make it to the playoffs. I mean, wow. how's that sound? Huh? Two weeks in, he's one and one. <laughs> That's the toughest division in the history of football, Bill. I See, mean, guys, I've been workshopping this take, and let me know what you think about this. Okay, okay. ready? Yep. Yep. Okay. So obviously, uh, we're down here in Miami, and mm -hmm. there's lots of talk around Tua, and, and not a lot of people are buying in on Tua. Right. And people will go around, well, he's no Justin Herbert, he's no blah 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 blah, right? So then people, oh, who would you rather take, Justin Herbert? Or would you rather take Tua, right? And they obviously want you to say Justin Herbert. So I'm, I'm thinking my spin on it is going to be like, I'd rather win with Tua than lose with Herbert. What do you think about that? Uh, you'd rather win than lose is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But I'm taking Tua over Herbert. But I feel like I think Tua, and I don't know why I think this other than just stupidity. I think that the Dolphins will go further than the Chargers this year. So I'd rather take Tua. You'd rather win than lose, essentially. I I'm going to back you up on this take. I promise you. Well, I will not leave you alone when you trot it out there. <laughs> well, I haven't been able to I understand to what you're saying. You'd rather, no, because Whittingham says this all the time, and it annoys me. He would rather have the 1984 Dolphin team with Dan Marino, which was very exciting but did win the Super Bowl. He'd rather have that team and that style over the Ravens team with Trent Dilfer, who's going to join us on God Bless Football today. Ooh. Dilfer Dimes, how about that? He's going to join us. Whittingham would rather have a team with Dan Marino that doesn't win the Super Bowl than a team with Trent Dilfer that does win the Super Bowl. What a jackass. I mean, seriously, who hired Whittingham? 
Do you think he's gone back to watch full games of 1984 Miami Dolphins football? Because I really doubt that. <laughs> you should press him on it this week. <laughs> yeah. If we get there. By the way, so you guys, I want to press you and the audience on something. Go ahead. Daily fantasy with us. Because last week, friends, we started up our season again. Go to dkng.co slash lebitard. You can compete against us. You can win money. I think it's a $3 buy-in. Last week, we were very ambitious. We thought that we were going to have a ton of people join. And and a ton of people didn't join. I mean, a lot of people joined, but not as many as we expected. So this week, limited capacity. So if you want to compete against us, get in there quick. I think it's only 600 people can compete against us this week. Go to dkng.co slash levitard. $3 buy-in. You can split the pot with, with all the winners, depending on what place you finish in. And here's the thing. If we sell this out quickly, then next week we'll get more people in. And the more people that play, the more people that win. So dkng.co slash levitard if you want to compete against me and Stu Gotts. So what you're telling me is basically they feel like we're capped at 600 people. 20 years, I put a lifetime of work into this radio show and I have 600 people who will play a fantasy game with me. Well, I'll say this. I think that we didn't do a good job of promoting it last week. Uh, I did a terrible job. I didn't do it until Sunday morning right before the game. Yeah, that's because I was moving my daughter into college. In case anyone wondering is wondering what I'm up to the last couple of weeks. Okay, I didn't want to miss the shows after the first week of the NFL season. Trust me, I did not. But I had to because my family is more important than football and the radio show. I'm sorry. That's you know, that's kind of that's on me. You're right. That's where that's where (laughs) your priorities have shifted, because I feel like there was a time where football was more important than family, you know, and now Uh, we're just doing families more important. Like, please, come on. Uh, I mean, moving my kid into college is more. Eh. How about the uh, the tackle Derwin James on Travis Kelsey last night, Billy, before we get to our first guest? He murdered him almost, right? (laughs) And Travis Kelsey, as you know, because you have been with him in person on numerous occasions, not small, not a small person. No, but Derwin James is very strong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Very, very strong. You think Herbert is like, He's just going to play through like potentially broken ribs. I think he's doing x-rays because he had some throws after he got hit. One in particular where he was kind of like throwing it out of bounds where, man, he looked, he looked like he was in a lot of pain. He was favoring one side. His non-throwing hand was just hanging there. Like he was wincing. And and then he comes back and he just throws a laser down the field for, you know, like a 30 yard gain or something. Football's weird. He was faking it. Okay. No, I don't know if he was faking it, but is it fair to say that Derwin James, he won the battle, but lost the war? Mm, Yes, sure. (laughs) Also a terrible, if you had the chiefs last night, minus four and a half, that is why gambling is awful. I mean, seriously, the chargers come storming down the field, little back door last night, Billy. How about that? You love the back door. What? We have a big episode this week, Stu Gatz. We have Trayvon Diggs on with us. We have Trent Dilfer, as you mentioned. We have Mojo and Gronk and K-Funk. Jabba, also missing. He was pulling a Stu Gatz, as some might say. We didn't really know where he was. Uh, Chris Sims is on with us, and we'll see if that's fun. Ooh, and Stu Gatz, we have the man who was responsible for one of the biggest wins of the weekend. We have the head coach of Marshall, Charles Huff. And we're going to do it with Mike Golick Sr. because he famously, obviously, as you know, went to Notre Dame. So we were going to have maybe see if we can get, you know, the head coach of Marshall talk a little trash to this famous NZ alum, Mike Golick Sr. And then he also disappeared. But we brought in Gojo. And and also because he's not a coward. Yeah. Wow. 
I mean, listen, I mean, where's my face the fire? Uh, you know, Marshall beat Notre Dame. We booked him for Golic and uh, Golic bailed on him because he's upset with the coach. I mean, well, uh, he's, a, the day. he's a busy man. You know, he has yeah, lots yeah. of he has lots of yes. things. Honestly, yes. it's my dream. He just kind of travels the country promoting different things. I, I wish it's, I could do it's amazing. That. Yes, yeah. it's amazing. Right? He gets paid a lot of money to do it. No. So we have the Marshall head coach on. Uh, we'll find out who we're going to go to first in a second. We are brought to you by Miller Lite. And don't forget to enter your lineups in the draft time matchup presented by Miller Lite daily fantasy contest against this Sunday's football games. Play in this free to play series for your shot at five thousand dollars in cash prizing. Head to DraftKings.com slash Miller Lite to get get in on the action. So we got a lot of great guests, Billy, a lot of great football talk coming up as always here at God bless football. Where are we going first? We're going to start out with Trayvon Diggs, who I don't know if you heard lost his quarterback last week. So we'll ask him about that and about some underwear. Yep. All right. We'll talk underwear with him. And, and also Billy, I will say he has the greatest job title in the history of job titles. And I'm not talking about playing defensive back for the Dallas Cowboys. How about that? Hmm. Let's go to Trayvon Diggs. He is a bad man from the Dallas Cowboys. Trayvon Diggs is with us here on God Bless Football. He is with us on behalf of Saks Underwear. What are you doing, Trayvon, with Saks Underwear? Tell us about it. Sell me some underwear. <laughs> All right, so they had these underwear, most comfortable underwear. They got this little pouch called the ballpark pouch that I use all the time. It's convenient, especially in the Dallas heat. Got a little pouch for you, you know, for the fellas. <laughs> but, you know, they're real comfortable. Me and my brother doing this uh, partnership with them. You know, just helping uh, get it out there, expand the brand. And, you know, I really love the underwear. Like, really, one of my favorite pairs of underwear. So comfortable. The pouch changes the game. The pouch yeah, is a game does. changer. He's right. Pre-pouch, yes. I mean, let, let's talk like 10 years ago underwear. The pouch situation wasn't something that existed or was as prevalent. But now, right. the pouch, I can't do underwear without a pouch. <laughs> Nah, as soon as I put them on, I was like, wow, they should have been made this. Like, it's so comfortable, so it's perfect. Keeps everything, you know, intact. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Trayvon, put us where you were, okay? I know you, wherever you were, you were wearing Saks underwear. That much I know. But put us where you were as Alabama is lining up. You went to Alabama, played for Nick Saban, as they are yep. lining up that game-winning field goal attempt against Texas. Like, put us in your head. What was going yep. on? What were you thinking? I knew Texas was going to lose when they uh, kicked the field goal and then go for it. Alabama got away with one. Like, that that was a safety or grounding. In the <laughs> no, but, Billy, zone. I love Trayvon saying he knew it was over when they kicked the field goal. The field goal was good. <laughs> like, Texas yeah. had the lead, but he knew Alabama was <laughs> wasn't back. good enough. Right? <laughs> Not good enough. enough. <laughs> you don't kick threes against Alabama, right, Trayvon? <laughs> no, you need points. Was that the best-case scenario for Nick Saban? He got the win, but he gets to just beat the hell out of the players all week? Like, you don't want to be on Alabama right now, do you? I mean, it was, Texas played good. Texas is a tough team. I know that stadium was, like, one of a kind. Like, Texas fan base, I know that it was just electric. So, I've been there before. I know I know what it feels like, you know, to be in that environment, be in that atmosphere. It's tough. But, you know, I'm glad they had this tough game in the beginning. So, now they know what it takes. And I'm glad they played in that environment. We had uh, Jalen Hurts on last week on God Bless Football. He told the stories of Nick Saban trying to throw guys around in the lake. He's driving the boat. They're on some sort of floating device, and he tries to throw them <laughs> off the device into the lake. Um, <laughs> did you ever experience that with Saban? Yeah. I did my freshman year. And I think, like, my junior year, he got a lake behind his house, big woods and stuff, ride dirt bikes and four-wheelers. 
and golf carts and um going in the lake and yeah it's like we go tubing and we go like jet skiing tubing and pretty cool pretty fun fun bonding for the guy so i like that i enjoyed it saban seems like a boxers guy that could use some sacks i'm not gonna lie no doubt most definitely i think he would like those yeah you gotta send him the pouch you should for sure for sure Trayvon, uh, unfortunate Dak Prescott goes down. Uh, he'll be out, it yeah. looks like, six to seven weeks. Your thoughts there? Like, in that moment, what are you thinking? Are you thinking about the person, Dak, your friend, or about the team goals, which is obviously make the playoffs, make it to the Super Bowl? What, what's going through your head in that spot? Uh, all of it, honestly, because, you know, Dak, Dak was a great leader. Um, great leader, you know. He's like the head and foot of our football team, you know. So, you know, it was tough to see. You know, I just know who he is as a person, just a true competitor, going to fight through whatever adversity he comes with. And he's always been fighting his whole life, so, you know, just, I know what he's going to do when he comes back. And, you know, it's just tough. You know, teams take down sometimes and they go through things, go through adversity. So, you know, got to overcome it. And, you know, I know he's going to be back. When he comes back, he's going to be better than before, as always. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to uh, see he's in good spirits and stuff. And, you know, the team's in good spirits. He's still leading and helping, so. You know, everything's going to be okay. Would you like to see the Cowboys go out and, and maybe try to get another quarterback? Are you confident in the guys that you have right now? We can do whatever we need to do to win. It ain't your job is what you're trying to tell me, right? <laughs> yeah, that's not my job. <laughs> <laughs> your job is to shut down wide receivers, not to make personnel decisions, right? Yeah, exactly. You played wide receiver a bit your freshman year. Could you be a great yeah. wide receiver in the NFL like your brother? Yeah, for sure. Have you ever discussed it with your coaches? <laughs> like, hey, I want to go both ways. <laughs> yeah, we we spoke about it. We've, we've spoken about it before. Hopefully, that happens. So, I want to play a little to... game with you, Trayvon or Stefan. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. All right, cool. Trayvon or Stefan? Stefan Diggs is Trayvon Diggs' brother. Plays for the Buffalo Bills, of course. Most likely to pay for dinner, Trayvon or Stefan? Stefan. Well, he's got a lot more money. <laughs> right. Actually, I'll take that back. We'll go fifty-fifty. We'll like, you'll go through the motions of, like, trying to stick your hand in the pocket to give him the idea that you might pay for dinner. But really, you're expecting him to do it. Right? And you should, by the way. More than more than likely, he, he's going to pay for it. But more than likely, we'll just be like, depending on what it is and what we're doing, be like, all right, we'll just bust it down the middle. 50-50. I like that. Uh, he should be paying, though. Mom's – oh, this is a bad one. I can't believe I'm asking you this. Mom's favorite, Trayvon or Stefan? Trayvon. No hesitation. Yeah. I'm the baby. Ask her. Okay. I would like to get her on to ask her if we can make that happen, okay? <laughs> She's only going to the six games this year. She went to all your games last year. She's only going to the six now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Three for you, three for Stefan? Or six and six. Oh, six and six. Yeah, very bad math. There's two guys. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible, math, Terrible math. That's so bad. Not, but I'm not even embarrassed by it. That's a beautiful thing. Um, most likely to cheat at a board game, Trayvon or Stefan? Uh, we both have our ways. We don't like to lose. <laughs> <laughs> you try to out-cheat each other? <laughs> right. Basically, that's how it always ends up. Who wins in a fight, Trayvon or Stefan? I'm whooping ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy shit. He plays defense. <laughs> yeah, but he might play offense too, Mike. Wait, could Stefan play your position? Yeah, for sure. It hit me one of the top corners. He played corner. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, Trayvon, one more time on the way out here. Tell us what you're doing. We appreciate your time, man. You'd be great. Tell us what you're doing again with Sacks Underwear, where people can get more information. 
me and my brother, we teamed up as chief ball officers for sex. Um, mm. <laughs> so CBO. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you can get it. Also, me and my brother, we have something going on where you get 10% off every touchdown that he scores and every interception I get, you know, you get 10% off the underwear. Go to sack.com, <laughs> get the underwear. But they're extremely comfortable upstairs and you really should look into them. I used to like canes and stuff like that, but now these are my go-to. They're soft. I got the ballpark out, so it's perfect. Do you have a car that says CBO? Because you should. You should. Chief ball officer. <laughs> you should have that. I need, a, I need an air freshener with the initial CBO. Mm. <laughs> you do. <laughs> uh, listen, I would love to get you and Stefan on together if we can make that happen at some point with mom. Can we try to make that happen? Yeah, let's try to make it happen. Okay. Uh, Trayvon, we appreciate your time, man. Good luck with Sachs. Good luck the rest of the season. And again, we appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. What was up with you blasting uh, Fitzpatrick like that, man? That was awesome. <laughs> what, going at Fitzpatrick? It was a long-running joke on the show and what Fitz decided to come on because there were reports. It was a real story. DC callers were calling into a sports radio station and they were saying they saw Ryan Fitzpatrick get injured on a water slide right before the season started. And so I've been making fun of it um, for a while and I had to ask, you know? You're quite the <laughs> journalist, you guys. Yes. But more importantly, do we like water slides? Do, does the crew here, I imagine the crew here, uh, Mojo, you love a good water slide, right? Dude, hell yeah. Big water slide guy over here. Yes. Chris, you've been to the one in Baja Mar, right? The two, the huge ones? No, they weren't built yet last time I was there. Oh, bro, you got to go back. You haven't been there in a long time. Then They got, like, the ones that drop from, like, the 69th floor just straight down. They, they're getting crazy with it. Now they got ones where you can be in, like, a six-person raft, and everybody goes down the water slide on the raft together. It's uh, it's getting intense out there. Usually I don't go to water parks because they're covered in piss and smell like gas. But uh, <laughs> When has that stopped you from anything ever? Yeah. Exactly. That's right, your wheelhouse. For yourself, pal. <laughs> Have you guys done the water slides that it's like a coffin that they put you in and then the floor just falls out underneath you? Yep, they got that one at Bahamar too. The devil's backbone, it's called. Oh, <laughs> I would imagine the Gronks attack a water park, right? Like yeah, they attack no. you, right? We're, we're more, more about the slip and slide. Where I grew up in Orlando, we had wet and wild. They had the lazy river that went all around the park and then their Stuka was the one that's kind of like Mojo, it drops you like 30 stories straight down. They had the like a black hole one. It's just you're in a black tunnel the whole time spinning around. Right. I would go face first. I would go feet first. I'm not like Fitz, man. I'll tell you what's up. I don't know. You know, <laughs> who cares? Like, who gives a shit? Why can't he just laugh it off? Java broke his ankle bouncing with Carter, you know, uh, like snapped it in half. It looked like an L, you know, and like people made fun of him because it was in the off season. Why are you jumping on a trampoline with your son? I mean, Dude, he's being a dad, you know, like whatever. It was an accident. I would like to actually tell a slip and slide story. Please do. And the first time I went over to Mr. Gronkowski's house in Buffalo, they had a big slip and flip tournament going on. Of course they did. What and is a, a slip and flip tournament for those who don't know? So what they did was they were having teams of five versus five. Mm -hmm. And there was a very long slip and slide on a flat surface not down a hill or anything uh and what the guys would do is a relay race they'd start at the front you'd sprint 10 20 yards you'd slide all the way down this super long slip and slide 
you get up and you had to do flip cup at the end. And once you got the last cup, you'd sprint all the way back to the beginning, tag in the next person, and it was a relay race of five. So this was my first time going over to that house. This was years ago. And everyone's partying, having a good time. The first team wins the slip and flip, and um, everybody goes in to take a shot. I was still outside, and I started laughing because Rob's childhood best friend went to the front of the slip and slide, and he took a piss on it right at the front, (laughs) right before everyone came back out. So the next team would have to slide right through it. I'm not sure if he did it on purpose because he thought it was funny or just he had to pee and that sounded to him like a good spot at the time. Yeah. But that was actually the second most outrageous slip and slide thing I saw that day because either either Rob or Gord decided they wanted to try to slip and slide just down a grass hill Hmm. And they did, and they went way faster than they thought because they were so slick, you know, from the soap and the water on the slipping side. They went head first into a concrete wall, (laughs) and and it knocked them out cold, and no one at the party did anything to help them. They just left him asleep right there in the spot. So was it Gordy or was it it Rob? Because that's a pretty big, you know? I think like that was Gordy. If it was Rob, I feel like more people would have probably checked on him. (laughs) There's old Mikey A. There we go. Mikey A. (laughs) Oh, you guys talked about that already. All right, good. We just did. I just just informed them (laughs) that you were one in five last week on your picks. (laughs) Here are the records. We'll start from the bottom. Mikey A, one in five. Chris, two and four. Jabba and his coin, three and three. Mojo, three and three. Kosi, three and three. Stugatz, four and two. <laughs> Billy, four and two. K-Funk, four and two. How about that? Three-way tie for first place. And <laughs> there is no tie for last place. That is Mikey A's and Mikey A's alone. One and five. <laughs> it's a good thing we don't have to pick anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Why, are we done picking? Are me, you, and Billy done picking? Yeah, when, when I listened to the episode, I noticed – you left you guys out, so I didn't know if you guys were bailing out on the season or what. I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, I make picks every week on God Bless Football anyway, so I think we should keep it to you guys, your guests, and all that, but someone's going to have to pick for Jabba today because he's not no, here. Listen, we can't let, find him. I'll grab a coin. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, yeah Mike, grab Mike, a coin. You flip a coin for Jabba. I'll tell you what, picking the Patriots over the Dolphins when I was working the Dolphins game with the Dolphins was not a uh, comfortable experience for me mm. on on Sunday, there was a lot of people that listened to this show out there at that game that were trying to call me out, and I was trying to silence them quickly. How'd it go? Half the parking lot got on fire that, that day. That was Mojo. <laughs> yeah, that, that was me trying to set a distraction so people would stop asking me about my God <laughs> They were, like, showing up blacked out hammered, like, bro, you got a Dolphins jersey on at a Dolphins <laughs> game. I heard you on God Bless Football. Pick the Patriots. What are you doing? And standing there with a Dolphins executive. It's like, shut the hell up. And how would you respond to that, Mojo? <laughs> like- I, I had a different line every time. I like to pride myself on my originality. 
Right. I said the real pick was edited out in one. Uh, I said they didn't listen till the end of the show in another. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, it's so great. <laughs> when you're so full of crap, you really don't remember the things mm. that you say later. Oh, trust me, I know. I mean, no yeah. one knows more than me, okay? <laughs> you got to keep up with all the lies. It's very hard, I know. Yeah. Uh, Mike, do you have a coin ready here for Java? All right, guys, are we What's ready to make do? some picks? What's the... What's the over-under on Java? Was it just on a drinking bender last night in Nebraska? Oh. And Lincoln, probably like 70% over-under? Well, that's um, your boy. Tell us. I, I, I'd go way over. to be yeah, Your yeah. personal <laughs> assistant, so you tell us what he was doing. I mean. Yeah. I, I haven't heard from him in a couple of days, so. Wait a second. You haven't heard from Java for a couple of days? Should we be worried? Should we be alarmed? Like, uh, your, I mean, I your personal I, assistant, you would think you would be doing more than recording with us when Java's gone missing for two days. I mean, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think he responded to any of our, our group thread, did he, the last couple of times? Mm, I'm not sure. I heard he's going on strike. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, he's holding out for money. Is that it, Chris? <laughs> he wants his own show. In that case, <laughs> shit, we might all, all want to log out right now. Right? We should yeah. join him. <laughs> We're going to BJ Upton to take his place. Ooh, get Kosi. I mean, and Mojo, <laughs> why are you writing poor K-Funk about Kosi the entire week? Get us a better guest if you want, man. At least K-Funk came well, to hey, that was something. That was one day notice, bro. Come I mean, on, if he's going to bury my guy. You had an entire offseason. Right. I mean, he had it coming. Hey, he all I said, dude, out, listen. Man, he had the whole offseason. <laughs> Listen, all I said is Kurt Angle, dude, like if, if anyone that's 30 years or younger, you know, all these millennials listen to the show, they don't know who Kurt Angle is, dude. You think they know Kosi, though? Hey, at least he's a football player, Super Bowl champ, a national right. champ. Shit. He's got right. a little credibility. <laughs> I had to ask Billy who it was. Well, <laughs> you also called him the wrong name the entire episode. The entire I, uh, time. Called him Tulsi, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many how many offensive you, Bill. you know, I don't know many offensive linemen names either, but whatever. Like I said, short but notice. I'm just I saying, started, after you threw that much shade at the legend, an Olympic gold medalist yeah. who brought the country home gold with American a hero. Mm-hmm. You talk all that trash, and then that was your your week one. All I'm saying is, pal, sounds like you're all talk to me. Listen, oh. there's a hey, we write this down, Bill. I know it's a down. talk show, but we got to have some sort of action here too. Mm, love it, Billy. Take Billy, take notes here. Yeah, by we got to hold our guys accountable. By, by week seventeen, I'll have at least at least minimum three people that are way more famous than Kurt Angle on the show. Probably well, more. Why don't you just say a decade from now, week 17? <laughs> yeah. If you were as big as you were, you'd have three, all three on next week. Wait, uh, Mojo, I would like to get Kurt Angle on next week. Can we do that? Oh, Can we have Lord. Kurt Angle come on and make picks next week? Man, I'll hit up Kurt in two seconds. Okay. He already was on with you guys, right? I was on that show. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yes, it was me, you, Billy, and uh, Mikey A. with Kurt Angle. He was fantastic. I'd like to have him on again because Kurt Angle has met a lot of famous people, and this could lead to even more famous people on the Zoom the following weeks. You know what I'm saying? Well, hold on Actually, a second. This is important because Kurt Angle did seem to have a bone to pick with the Gronkowski. Exactly. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was going to ask. So, Chris, were you part of the uh, contingent of Gronkowski brothers that crashed Kurt Angle's wedding? I was not. I was invited to make it, but Gordy was definitely there. Hmm. So this is interesting. You were invited, 
but your brothers were not. It sounds like he was invited by Gordy to crash the wedding, not invited <laughs> to the actual wedding. <laughs> That's a very Gord thing to do to invite people to a wedding that he wasn't invited to himself. <laughs> I'm prepared like, for this with my wedding. Wait, no, I don't want Chris to know the story yet. I want Kurt to tell the story live next week when he joins us here and let him and Chris go at it, okay? Well, it sounds like Gordy needs to be here because Kurt, yeah, because yeah, Chris wasn't. All right, so let's have Gordy on next week and let's try to get Kurt Angle and let's have Kurt tell the story. We'll see if we can get more celebrities from Kurt, of course, as well. But we'll let Kurt go at it with Gordy Grinkowski. Hey, hey, okay? hey Stu Gotts, should I Yo. just go ahead and add one more person in so I can show that I can bring in three celebrity guests in one week, as opposed to Creston who needs until week 17. Mm. <laughs> well, yes. Who, I mean, who, who, who'd you bring okay, in last cool. season? Mojo? He brought in Chris and Jabba and, <laughs> and you. you. And you. <laughs> take it back. Hey, You're welcome. Take it back. Everything, I, everything I said about you, I take it back. Mojo. <laughs> right. I mean, K -Funk, K Funk about to get clipped from the damn podcast. Talking all this. <laughs> Let's give K Funk some credit. He did give us a shirtless Javon Curse, I believe, from a gym. Yeah. I mean, and his yeah, training, freak. I think. Yeah. <laughs> what about the air conditioning? Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's right. Of and Lacey, course, yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, Mikey, yeah, you go last. You are uh, representing Jabba today, okay? So I will start with Mojo. Bucks at Saints. Saints plus two and a half. They're at home, Mojo. Give it them Buccaneers, baby. The Bucks all day, every day. Uh, all right. The Bucks all day. Uh, let's go to K-Funk. Who you take it? This is tough. I don't like the spread, but look, it's Brady versus Winston. Come on. I'm going Bucks. That a boy. Chris, where are we going here? I'll switch it up here. Mojo, he's not the spread master anymore. So I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to take Saints. They struggled with the Saints the last three years two years, whatever it's been. But, um, yeah, I'm going Saints. Okay. Uh, Mikey A., who is uh, flipping a coin for a, a Maryland coin for uh, Jabba because we have no idea where Jabba is. Uh, Mikey, heads is Bucks, tails is Saints. So uh, flip away, my friend. Tails. All right, so he has the Saints. Jabba has the, the tails Saints. tails continues. Yep. All right. We go to Bengals at Cowboys. Chris, I'm going to you first here. Bengals at Cowboys plus seven. The Cowboys at home. Chris, who do you have? Bengals. Well, that was easy. Okay, Funk, who are you going with? You got to think the Bengals are going to play better. And no, Dak, you got to go Bengals. Okay. Uh, Mojo? Yeah, going with the Bengals. All right. I hate easy to game agree here. with Chris, but every uh, once in a while it's got to happen because I have right. to defend my title as the spread master mm. the master of the spread of getting up in there and spreading them so there we yeah. go i mean mojo you're right there you're three three you're fine you're only one game back here uh mikey a we have heads for bengals tails for cowboys cowboys plus seven at home flip it first heads of the season all there right so the bengals everyone has the bengals that sucks yeah <laughs> That's no fun. No, uh, I'll give one person a chance to change that. Whoever says it first, if they want to change their back, go ahead. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody believes in Cooper Rush. All right, here we go. Third game here. Cardinals at Raiders. Raiders are minus five and a half. They're at home. Both teams 0-1. K-Funk first. I like Kyler Murray. I mean, they just look bad, man. And, and with Devontae Adams, uh, yeah, I'm going with the Raiders, man. They look awesome. All right, Mojo, we go to you. Raiders minus five and a half over the Cardinals at home. Well, since I've been disagreeing with K-Funk all day, give me the Cardinals, baby. 
Attaboy. Uh, Chris, who you go with? Cardinals at Raiders. Raiders minus five and a half. We're going. We're going Raiders all day here. All right, good. What I like to hear, guys. Mikey A. Heads Cardinals, tails Raiders. Flip it. Back to tails. All right, so he has the Raiders. You're doing that with authority, Mikey. I'm here yeah, slapping. He the really shit is. Yeah. Be careful, bro. You, uh, might, you, you might get on. You know when you when you grow up a Yankee fan and you dream about one day coming in for Jabba and replacing him, you don't think it's going to be flipping a coin, you know? Stu Gatz is going to be like, did you really injure yourself flipping a coin? <laughs> Titans at Bills Mojo, I'm going back to you. Bills are minus 10 at home. This is a Monday night game. Ooh, minus 10. That's a big spread number there. And since I know so well what the spread is, I'm a master of it. I guess you got to give me the points, pal. Mark me down for the points. That means I want the bills. No, it doesn't. It means you want. <laughs> That's what the spread master. He's says. a spread master. Yeah. Yes. Let him do it his way, K Funk. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the guy is the spread. He won it last year. I yeah. Mean, leave alone. The champ. You're talking to the champion, pal. Mm-hmm. All right. So Mojo is taking the points with the Bills. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Chris. Bills minus ten at home against the Titans. Who are you going with? I'm going to take the points. I'll go okay. with the uh, the Titans. Yeah. I mean I love you guys. Okay, Funk, go ahead. Bills minus ten. <laughs> Even though I'm a Dolphins fan, I hate the Bills. I you know, I'm a big, big Allen guy, big Bills guy, but ten points in the NFL. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Chris here. I'm gonna take the ten Titans. Okay. Just so we're clear, you're all taking the points, but Mojo Except has the Mojo. Bills and you two have the Titans. Okay, yeah. good. Correct. Okay, excellent. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Mikey A, uh, flip it. It is Tails, Titans, Heads, Bills. That's Tails. Titans. All right. Let's go Vikings at Eagles. Good game here. Vikings at Eagles. Eagles minus two at home. Let's go to K-Funk first. Eagles minus two at home against the Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings on this one. Okay. Chris, who are you going with? I mean, I, I thought K-Funk was an Eagles guy. I don't know. No, 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 no. K-Funk's a winning guy. He wants to win, man. Yeah. I'm sticking with uh, what I said last time, you know, the Vikings, whenever I bet against them, I lose. So I'm going to take them again. Okay. Mojo, who are you going points. with? We already know who he's taking. He's taking the f-ing Eagles. Well, I was going to say I was going to take the, the points. points take the Vikings. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, here's the thing. I'm the spread master. This is a conflict for me because I'm the spread master, the master of the spread, mm-hmm. which means I should take the Vikings because I'm taking the points. That's what the spread means. However, that being said, I'm also trying to go against all my cohorts here, and that's kind of the theme of the day, which says I should take the Eagles so I'm I'm struggling here, and I guess mm. at the end of the day, I just gotta, you know, continue to be the spread master and uh, take the points. So give me the Vikings. All right, Mikey, here we go. Tails, Vikings, heads, Eagles. Flip it. Heads. All right, the Eagles for Jabba. Jabba is the only one with the Eagles. Yep, Jabba has the Eagles. All right. Did we get a bonus K Funk pick? Oh, yeah, K-Funk, you feeling strong about anything this week? You want one? Sure. I mean, let's just do – I mean, I'll do the Thursday night one. I mean, okay, I don't great. feel like, super strong about it because it's going to be a I, – I, like right. I like both quarterbacks, but I'll, I'll go with the Chiefs. Well, you could okay. literally pick any game that airs after this. Yeah, but you're still doing the Thursday game for some reason. We air this on Friday. I'm surprised you guys didn't do the Dolphins and Ravens, man. That's going to be – that should be a good one. You do like. Go yeah, ahead. Give us you your pick there. Go ahead. 
I'm a Dolphins fan my whole life, man. But I would take probably the Ravens. Okay. Oh. Mm. All right. I'm not a big Tua guy, you know? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I had a good game last week, hey, folk. I mean. Did you see that first pass to wide open uh, Tyreek Hill? He was only like 30 yards short. Skipped Bad. it to him like a skip. Yeah. He was like skipping a stone on a pond over there. I saw the final score. It's, you know, and they're 1-0. and Hey, I'm, hey, I'm not complaining. Trust right. me, but shit. Hmm. Right. Mojo, you want to promote anything on the way out? Do you need to promote anything on the way out? Whatever you want. Today, I'm just going to shout out my snazzy pit vipers here on my face. Hmm. Since I was partying with them and the Dolphins all weekend, Pit Viper had a table where they were giving away free shades to any fans that did the craziest thing. So somebody had to shave a 69 into their chest hair mane. It was pretty crazy. I was just smashing people in arm wrestling because I'm so much more jacked than Chris. It's not even funny. Went undefeated. That's not a big deal. Mm. But they got this new line of pit vipers, the flip-ups, baby. (laughs) They hinge at the top. They open up. They're pretty sweet. They make you look smart. Look how intelligent I look right now. Up, down, up, down. The flip off. Flipping them off. Just like me flipping off everybody on the show when I dominate the picks. Mojo, defending champ. Get some. Hmm. All right, gentlemen. Good luck with the picks this week. K-Funk, enjoy your one week being in first place. Let us know where your job is, okay, when you find them, all right? Will do, boys. All right. All right, Chris, we'll see you and Gord next week. And uh, Mojo, we'll see you and Kurt Angle next week, okay? God bless football. I lo- God bless football. I love the pictures frozen <laughs> with Mojo with the glasses <laughs> and the lenses up. <laughs> Let's get out of here on that note. <laughs> Billy, you know who's with us right now on God bless football? Who's that, Stu Gats? Well, I know a the answer. Super, You do know the answer, but thank you for playing along. A Super Bowl champion quarterback. How about that? Trent Dilfer is with us. He's with us. You're such an ass. On behalf of Panini. Uh, and let's start right there, Trent. Trent, first off, how you doing? And secondly, tell us everything you're doing with Panini. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I prefer Super Bowl game manager over champion. So just for future <laughs> tee-ups. Right. Um, no, Panini's <laughs> been a great relationship I've had for about eight years. Uh, I love them because they bring joy to people. I was that, that 10, 11, 12-year-old that jump on my bike and run down to the 7-Eleven. I wanted three things. I wanted beef jerky, corn nuts, and a pack of trading cards because I hope to get Eric Dickerson. Um, and that's what Panini does. They bring joy to kids and collectors. They make it really simple. Their NFTs are incredible. They explain what an NFT is. I remember when I first NFT came out, I looked at my assistant. And I said, is that a sandwich? Like, what's an NFT? What's a blockchain? And you go to PaniniAmerica.net and it makes it really simple for the collector to understand the value of an NFT and how to get it and how to put it on the blockchain and all that stuff. Uh, I do a weekly Dilfer's Dime segment, like my time at ESPN, where I sit in front of a camera and I talk about some highlighted rookies and things to look at for them. I'm still watching a lot of tape, all 22, kind of studying the game and uh, try to give some insight there. So it's been a great relationship. I've done Super Bowl Panini Kid Reporter stuff with them over the years. So a great company, and I'd encourage all collectors and kids to to dive in and, and get your collectibles. Did you ever get the Eric Dickerson card? I did. I uh, actually got a couple of them. You know, back then, if, you, if you're if you persistent enough, you can get the same guy over and over. So I, I, I had a whole, like, you know, the scrapbooks of my favorite players, and, and Eric was the front page. So now that you have the relationship with Panini, are there any that you didn't get that you're like, hey, you know what, like, let's go back, <laughs> hook me up with some of these cards that I needed as a kid? <laughs> You know what I do now? They're so awesome. They send me, uh, it's all, now I'm, I'm a granddad, by the way, but I got all these nephews and nieces that are collectors and they're always wanting something. And some of them, believe it or not, 
I always tell them it's worth about a 25 cents or a cup of soup. They want my stuff. So, you know, I played long enough, not that I was any good, but I have about 1,400 different cards out there. So they'll send them to me and I'll send them to my nephews and nieces and they get all fired up. You're not giving yourself enough credit. You were an NFL quarterback, my man. You were a first round pick and a Super Bowl champion. Yet you're saying you weren't terribly good and you were a Super Bowl game manager. Like you buy into all that crap that people say about you. No, but I've learned that self-deprecation is a way to people's hearts. So, (laughs) no, listen, I have a lot of disappointments in my career. I I, I should have been much better than I was. I own it. I'm very realistic. And I think I'm unique, too. I don't identify myself as an NFL player. Uh, it was something I did, something I'm incredibly thankful for. I loved my time in the NFL. It provided a lifestyle that's incredible for my family and myself. But I don't identify as an NFL football player. I identify as a father, a husband, coach, all that stuff. So I can look at my career with a realistic lens and know that I was not as good as I should have been. Well, I mean, I identify you as a Super Bowl champion. And we were talking yep. to Chris Sims last week, and he was comparing Tua to you and saying he's more of a game manager. And we were outraged by this. And we said, we'll have you know, he will be on next week and we will pass that information on to him. So feel free to tell Chris Sims to kick rocks because his career was nothing like your career. He's got no ring. Yeah, I'll say this. I, people are down on Tua. It's amazing. I, and I'm probably biased. Listen, I trained the kid coming out. I've known him since he was 17. I know the family well. I know Talia, his brother, really well. So maybe I'm biased, and that's fine. I'll admit if I'm biased. But the kid that I trained is better than most that I've seen. And I've worked with, I want to say it's 80% of the Power 5 starters right now and 27 of the 32 NFL starters. I've worked with between Elite 11, Grassroots Football, whatever it is. And I'd put two in the top 10. Wow. Like he's the real deal. People talk about his arm strength. Now, he's not going to throw the ball 78 yards in the air, but how often do you do that? You know what I mean? Like he can pierce the ball down the field. He can, he's got a lightning quick release. He's got great quarterback guys. He's got functional athleticism. He can make plays. He just doesn't have very good people around him. Now he's got really good people around him. I think this is the year that I'm either right or wrong. And I'll own that, right? If he's not a pro bowl type player this year, uh, then I'll say, okay, he's more of a, a game. I mean, he's better than me, but he's more of a game manager type player. But I think he's got a chance to be an upper echelon starter in the league. I, he has all the traits. He's got all the stuff it takes. And now he's got the people in the system around him to help him do it. You watch analysts break down film on two and you see sometimes they'll highlight, hey, his feet are facing the wrong direction. He's throwing against his body. Or then he'll try to roll out and make things happen and he'll bounce a pass. Do you think that sometimes he just gets rattled and that's why some of these passes are short and they're like off the mark? The two I know doesn't get rattled. That's one of the best things that I like about him. Like he is as cool as they come. He's like Joe Burrow cool. Like nothing bothers this guy. I think he is a he's a natural off platform passer. Meaning that if you go back to Alabama and if you go back to high school. These guys, their DNA doesn't change a whole lot. So I can show you high school tape of guys and then show you NFL tape, and the DNA doesn't change. There's some, obviously, they get better, and they, there's nuance that changes, and their mechanics get better, but their DNA doesn't change, like how they like to play the position. And Tua was always a guy that kind of floated in the pocket and then could make these crazy throws with his feet not right. What he does, he torques his upper body, kind of like a rubber band almost 
to generate the speed and the torque in his body to, to push the ball. He does it when he looks off the safety in the Georgia game and throws the rail shot to Devontae Smith for the touchdown. All his great plays at Georgia were kind of a little unique how he plays the position. I think you have to let him be him. You have to let him be Patrick Mahomes-ish as he plays the position, Aaron Rodgers. as he. I've always thought the comparable was Aaron, not as a player and as one of the greatest ever lived, but how he plays the position. Twitchy, his feet aren't going to be traditional. It's more of a pop in his upper body and his hips than worrying about his feet. And I think too many people have tried to make him traditional uh, in his approach. And I think the more you let him just kind of be a creator, uh, Steve Young is another great comparable because I think, you know, the lefty, they look a lot alike, the same height. Uh, I think, you know, what Bill Walsh, with these, so what he did with Steve Young was he let him be Steve Young. He didn't try to make him Joe Montana. And I think that's what Coach McDaniel will do and the staff will do is they'll let him be a little more him. And, yeah, you're going to get these pundits that get on there that all they know is one way of doing it. They haven't been around quarterback development. They're going to say, well, I heard a coach once say your feet have to be this way and two is aren't this way, so he's not good. That's what you get from TV these days. You don't, you don't get a lot of guys that have been around a lot of different ways of playing quarterback that can break down the quarterback position. Like I would listen to the Kurt Warners, the Tim Hasselbacks, Dan Orlowski's, Matt Hasselback. These guys have been around a lot of different teachers, a lot of different ways of doing it. They look at the position of kind of a 360 global view. They've all played it at super high levels or mid-levels, but they get it. When I'm watching TV now that I'm not on TV anymore, those are the guys that I listen to and learn from. Trent, I want you to admit something to us. I've spoken to several Ravens from your Super Bowl team. Uh, you rolled your eyes. You did not listen to Ray Lewis's pregame speeches. Yes or no? Oh, no, I listened to him. Listen, I was all in. I was the one that had the hair on his arms standing up. Like, right. you know, I'm a son of an offensive line coach. So I played quarterback like a defensive player. Like, I love the tough stuff, the contact, the grit, the dirt, the, the gnarliness of football. Like, that's what I'm all about. So when Ray would talk, some of the guys, yeah, Goose, the late, great Tony Saragoose, so some of these guys would roll their eyes. Not me. I was like, eyes wide open, listening to Ray. Like, I don't, I think that's why I didn't play very good because I went out there like a line backer instead of a quarterback like I wanted to eat somebody's face instead of completing the 10 yard out did Lamar Jackson by the way make a mistake speaking of the Ravens should he have accepted the 250 or should he be playing at all 250 million listen yes he's probably worth more than that if you look at comparables how do you spend 250 million dollars I don't know 7-eleven I mean jerky and football cards how many yachts do you have to have and you know, private jet. I, I don't know how you spend two hundred fifty million. I would have taken the money just because it's there. And who cares if I'm the fourth highest paid guy instead of the highest paid guy? I mean, it's playing with fire, but I don't know how you turn down that kind of money. You That's could buy terrible. every Panini card forever with two hundred fifty right. million dollars <laughs> forever for the history of Panini and every piece Panini of beef jerky too. Yeah. Right. Well, you could buy every piece of beef jerky as well. He's, he's exactly right. Uh, all right, Trent, we know you have to run one more time on the way out. Plug Panini here. We appreciate it. I'd like to have you on again because I want to play a game with you. Dime or crime. Okay. I didn't get to it today. Oh, I like it. Time. Yeah, I know. It's a good game. I like it. I'll definitely come back. Uh, okay. Super simple. www.paniniamerica.net backslash blockchain. It'll teach you everything you need to know. All right, Trent, we appreciate this. And give yourself some more credit, man. Super Bowl champion, first-round pick, played in the NFL for many years. I know you thought you were going to be better, but you still had a pretty damn good career, okay? Uh, Appreciate you guys. 
It is time for this week's edition of Stu You Gots, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code Stu for a special offer when you sign up. That's code Stu only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Billy Gill told me two things. Get right to the picks, do them quicker, and announce the spread. I will do my best to please Billy Gill. We'll start with the college game, week three of the college football season. Florida State, minus three against Louisville. The Seminoles are back. Florida State wins by 14. How was that, Billy? Uh, how about that? Uh, USC, I told you last week, they like to blow teams out. They cover the spread. They take on Fresno State at home this week. Lincoln Riley loves to score points, loves to run up the score. USC beats Fresno State by 21 points. Again, minus 12. The University of Miami have no idea if they're back. Do it against anybody. And I'm not certain Texas A&M is anybody considering they lost to Appalachian State at home last week. Miami, very disappointing. I mean, listen, you don't kick threes if you want to cover spreads, and that's what Miami did last week. But Miami is getting five points. They're on the road against Texas A&M, who's a hot mess. I have the Canes. Not only covering that spread, plus five, but winning the game outright, the Canes win by seven points. Georgia, best team in the country, at South Carolina. They are minus 24. Don't care. Georgia wins by 31 points. Syracuse, at home, minus one and a half. They're taking on Purdue. I love Syracuse, and not just because my daughter goes there. I just like Syracuse. They've covered for me once. They'll do it again. Syracuse wins by four points at home. LSU taking on Mississippi State. They are getting three points at Death Valley. They are plus three. Mike Leach and them boys coming into town. Uh, LSU wins the game outright. They're getting three. They win by three. How about that? We go to the NFL. Week two. Bucks minus two and a half at the Saints. Not buying the Saints. Totally buying Tom Brady. <laughs> Bucks. They win the game. They're minus two and a half. They're going to win the game by 10 points on the road. The Giants are at home. Saquon Barkley is back. Minus two against the Panthers. Matt Rule. What a joke. Uh, How many quarterbacks do you... You're a quarterback whisperer. You had seven quarterbacks there, and not one of them's any good. Maybe Baker's okay, but that has nothing to do with Matt Rule. Anyway... We digress. This is what Billy did want me to do. Giants at home minus two. They cover the spread. They win the game by seven points. The Dolphins plus three and a half at Baltimore. Dolphins win the game outright. They win by a tutty. Bills minus 10 against the Titans. Bills win by 14. Bears plus 10 at the Packers. Packers win the game. Bears cover the spread. Packers by three points. Those are your picks. Week three of the college football season. Week two of the NFL season. I'm going undefeated. Good luck, everyone. What's up, Coach? How you doing? Coach, how are you? I'm good. How how are you guys? We're doing great, Coach. Congratulations on your big victory over Notre Dame. Now, Mike Golick Sr. is a massive coward. He is hiding from you, okay? But Mike Golick Jr., his son, is not, okay? He is not a coward. He is here to face you, to face the man whose team waltzed into Notre Dame and beat the number 10 team in the country and knocked him out of the top 25. So, uh, Coach, I'll start with you. If you want to just talk some trash to Mike Golick Jr. (laughs) and the Golick family and Notre Dame Nation, feel free, have at it. 
You've earned it. You deserved it. And quite frankly, you're two and oh, and I feel like you should be in the top five at the very least. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about trash talk. I mean, obviously, Notre Dame is is a, a heck of a program. They got a good football team. They're, they're going to win a lot of games. Um, but yeah. I'm really proud of, yeah. of our guys and. I'm really proud of how we played. You know, I think anybody who knows anything about the game of football, if you watch that game, you could really see that our guys played really hard. You know, there are a lot of things that we got to clean up. Yeah, but, you know, the one thing that I think as a coach that you can control every week is how hard you play. You can't really control what the other team does or anything like that. But if you can consistently play with that type of energy and enthusiasm and passion, you're going to end up on the right side more times than not. Obviously a huge win for just herd nation, right? You know, when you think smaller schools, um, sometimes the community is, is, is as entrenched in the school as, as the you know team is in the community. And for us here in Huntington, just an unbelievable opportunity for everyone here to smile a little bigger, stick their chest out, you know, give the two thumbs up to the Golick family, you know, just just the things that <laughs> two you know, thumbs you up. Enjoy. It should be two middle fingers up, <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs> you know, and, and it's good. Right. Because you know, I've been, you know, at major programs and, you know, you, you always see the Alabama A on SportsCenter. And you always hear the storylines and, you know, all the things that are behind the scenes that come with that. But you know, for an opportunity for Marshall to get that landscape for, you know, a small snippet of time and, and, and is good, you know, and there's stories at our school, you know, there's history here, but just the way college football is, you, you don't hear as much about it. So, you know, for our players to give the people here in Huntington and the Marshall community an opportunity to do that for a little bit was really good. I'm always curious because for a lot of teams and I've talked to buddies that played at other teams, when they come into Notre Dame Stadium, especially if that's not a place that people had been there before, everyone kind of approaches how you go pregame different. I had a friend of mine say that the coaching point was don't let the ghosts beat you. Don't let all the history of this place get in your head beforehand. How did you guys kind of approach the trip in general? Was there anything different about it than usual, or did you guys try and just kind of silo in like you normally would? No, for us, we're really routine based. So we try to do the same thing every week. I think that eliminates anxiety. I think consistency in your approach um, helps the players understand, well, coach is not excited about this game, but not next game. Um, the one thing that we do do that is kind of in our routine, but not necessarily every week, anytime we go to a stadium that's outside of our normal arena, we go to the stadium on Friday night. Um, you know, so we get off the plane, we go just to let the players walk out on the field. Um, I think it's a combination of relieving that anxiety and for them to kind of look around and kind of get wild by the size so that the next day when they come, you know, they're, they're locked in on the task at hand. I also think in today's game where we are in this generation, you got to give them their time for their IG pictures and their Twitter likes and their TikToks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and that's the reality yeah. of it, right? I mean, that, that's where yeah. they live. So I don't want my guys IGN, Instagramming and, and Facebook Live, you know, two hours before the game on Saturday. So we gave them 30 minutes to go over and do that on Friday night, which is a little bit out of the norm. Uh, we did that for the bowl game as well. Mm -hmm. And I think, honestly, them being able to get that out um, allows them to show up the next day with a little more focus. Are we going to see Coach Huff show up in a TikTok? I saw Mike Tomlin in mm. one with the Steelers after they yep. won their game against the Bengals this weekend. Are we going to see you moonlighting in the background to any of these? 
Um, I, I did get into TikTok, but I think the guy's TikTok that I got in was probably the least followed in the oh. country. So I think I'm safe. Oh. <laughs> um, the, the post game, the post game was, was a good time. I, I think the one guy that got me in it probably has the least amount of followers besides me because I don't have one. Right. Um, so I think I'm safe. Coach, you guys were one of the stories of the weekend and you should have been the story of the weekend. But then App State had to come in and kind of ruin the weekend for you now. I'm looking ahead at your schedule and I see that you play App State on November 12th, which may be the college football game of the year. Is that when you will exact your revenge on them for stealing your weekend? Um, I I don't I don't look at it as stealing the weekend. I look at it as probably um, for my team, probably the best thing that could have happened to us. Um, Because, again, once you beat a team that has that type of uh, ranking and following and everybody's patting you on your back. Um, you can lose focus on the task at hand and just think, well, we're supposed to run through the rest of our schedule because we beat Notre Dame. So seeing App State also beat Texas A&M lets us know that we got to show up every week because we got to be focused on the next game and the next game and the next game. So I, I have actually was excited. I was excited that Georgia Southern beat Nebraska because we play those schools. So it's one thing when you, you know, you have that type of win and you think, Oh, well, Notre Dame's not even in our conference and we can beat Notre Dame. Then our conference should be easy. No, you know, Notre Dame's not in our conference, but our conference foes did beat the number eight or nine team in the country or seven team in the country and another power five school, you know, ODU beat Virginia tech. So I, I actually um, was excited um, because it helps me reinforce the point of, Every week matters, and it's not who you beat. It's how we won the game. Really good preparation, playing really hard, and execute. Coach, you mentioned being over at the SEC West. Do you feel like you deserve a lot of credit for now bringing the SEC West mentality to the Sun Belt East, which I have called after this last weekend the best division in college sports? Wow. No, because we don't have the players that the SEC West has. Let's, let's get very, very, very clear. Um, but I do agree with you. I think this is probably one of the toughest conferences, sides of a conference in all of football. And I mean, I, I know there's disrespect to any. And I've been in probably the, the best two when, yeah. you know, SEC West and the Big Ten East. Um, but this one, you know, this year especially, I'll say that probably ranks right up there with those guys. And man, Georgia State almost knocked off North Carolina too. Yeah. It was it was a wild weekend on that. But coach, you mentioned and I always feel like coaches love getting to coach after a big win like this cuz you do get to brush everyone back a little bit. So did you have one of those practices early this week where you really got to get on guys and got to try and knock them down a little bit after riding off that high of the victory to reset the focus? Did you get that opportunity? You know, I'm a little bit different. I think kids see through that. I think, you know, this generation sees through the, okay, coach, you're, you know, barking at us about this. I I think they see through that. So I went the other way. I I, I really challenged them. I asked them, was our goal when we started this season just to beat Notre Dame? And and I asked them, if that was the goal, then we don't have to practice today. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't have to practice tomorrow. We don't have to practice the next day. Um, But then I pointed out we got about, uh, we got about a handful of six-year seniors who chose to come back, and I asked them to stand up. And I asked them, was it was the only reason you came back to beat Notre Dame? And they said no. And I told the other 120 guys in the room, you guys owe it to these guys to get refocused today and come back out and have another really good week of practice. I think, again, when you put ownership on the players, um, it's better than just barking at them. I bark at them enough. Trust me, they know I bark at them enough. 
But I think this type of moment, you can you can lose the sting and you can lose the energy and confidence that you should have by going the other way and trying to make them think that Notre Dame wasn't a good team or what they did wasn't good. So I, I tried to go the other way. I think this generation's changed. You know, my high school coach would have did that and we would all say, yeah, man, we, we do suck. I know. You're right. <laughs> this generation, they're like, wait a minute, coach. I just got to you know, Coach Kane LeBorn, like, coach, I just got 130 yards rushing on number eight team in the country. I don't suck. Um, you know, so I, I tried to go the other Not way. Not today, coach. Uh, yeah. We'll find out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Charles Hoff, the head coach of Marshall, is with us. They upset Notre Dame over the weekend. Second win over a top 10 opponent on the road, I believe, in, in school history, which was really, really cool. Uh, there's a couple of things here. Gojo knowing what every team in the Sunbelt East Conference has done is absolute insanity. Gojo, I don't know how you do that. But well, coach, I, had, thing- I had Coach Huff in their bowl game last year, so I, know, I got I, very well acquainted with Marshall and what they had there. It's it. It's listen it's a hell of a program. Some of no, got no, ball players, I, man. I'm not. I'm not insulting him. It's the fact that you know what every team in the eastern side of the Sunbelt Conference has done uh, is amazing. Me and Billy, but coach, I am with Billy on this. Where I think that game against App State could possibly be the game of the year, and we're thinking as a show here, and we'll bring the Golics with us. Little road trip to uh, to Marshall, and perhaps you set us up with some good seats. Maybe oh. you know, opening coin toss, something like that. All right, what do you think? I, I will, college will, game day atmosphere. If if Coach Huff can keep the train in, in in on the tracks that long, I'll make sure that you guys have accommodations, yes. tickets, sideline. Oh. You can do your show. Wow, yes. hell, you could even call the first play of the game at that point because you're yes. rolling pretty good. Yes. <laughs> I will take you up on that offer, Coach sir. Huff, you have no hey, idea how it, long he's been waiting for someone to offer him yes. that opportunity. He yes. asks every time, and you're the first person to give him what he wants. Uh, Billy, hey, make sure you mark the tape. That's forever a to get me contract. on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Coach. What would you say there? <laughs> it took you guys this long to get me on here. You could have had it already. <laughs> you no, know, Listen, I am coming to the Appalachian State game. It's, if it's the game of the year, it might be a little dicey to have me call the first play but i'll take you up on the offer okay well i blame I'll I'll, I'll blame you i'll just blame you <laughs> yeah instead of i like that me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but i'll blame you how about that any play, any play. <laughs> you blame me and i'll say well whoa, that coach let me call a play how would <laughs> why would he do that yeah <laughs> what is he thinking yeah <laughs> coach we appreciate the time we know you got to run here uh just quickly after the game the coolest text or phone call you got was blank was it nick saban like who reached out to you no, you know what? It's 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 going to sound very, you know, Disney story ending. But I, I got a text from um, one of the young Thundering Herd team members, you know, from the plane crash. And he said, Coach, when we beat Xavier, that was the best moment of my life. You just created the second best moment of my life. Awesome. And, you know, understanding the history and tradition at this place, how monumental that Xavier game was and the young thundering herd to bringing this program back that that meant a lot to me. It really did. Uh, that gave me goosebumps. Thank you. And I was going to make the joke that I thought perhaps Brian Kelly reached out to you, but that was a much better story. <laughs> that was a much no, better I, story. No, I, I know he's busy like all of us. Um, but he loved but that. No, he, yeah. he didn't. Maybe, maybe, I may have checked my phone. Maybe it hadn't come through yet. Mm. <laughs> hey, Coach, you're going to love the triple reverse that I call first play against Appalachian State, all right? I'm in. I'm in. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, keep it going, man. Congratulations on the big win. Good luck the rest of the way, and you have our work. If you're undefeated, 
when you get to Appalachian State, and it is indeed the game of the year, a de facto playing game to the college football playoff, this crew will be at that game and we will be supporting Marshall, okay? I hold you to it. I got to tell you, of all the people we do God Bless Football with, Golick Sr., Golick Jr., Mikey A., uh, Chris Sims, uh, Mojo and that crew, it is odd that Billy... Colsey Coleman, Billy's right about that. The best relationship he has amongst that crew is with a guy called K Funk. Mm. <laughs> they are kindred <laughs> spirits. And yet, Sims, he still thinks, even though I keep telling him it's not true, that you hate his guts. And I know you love oh, him. Yeah. Couldn't be farthest from the truth. Right. Billy, if we worked together on a consistent basis, you'd be my guy. No doubt Ooh, about it. I mean, wow. You're not going to supplant like Stugatz as my guy, right? That's my yeah. guy. But yes. I love you to death, Billy. I mean, and that's no disrespect to you, Mikey, yeah, either. I mean, it's not. But, man, I, I, I mean, you can look at my back history of Bleacher Report or NBC Sports. I'm always really good friends with kind of the nerdy, quirky, smart hey. guy. And that kind of <laughs> seems like what you are. Wait so, a minute. <laughs> and, and even back to my football days in high school. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's what you are. So, uh, you know, again, it's a new decoration in the room this week. New window. Got the fan going. <laughs> yeah. Don't know what the f- that hat means, but uh, we, we would be two best buds. I don't doubt that at all. Well, Chris, thank you. I appreciate that, I guess. Um, Just so you know, (laughs) earlier this episode, we talked to Trent Dilfer and we let him know that you (laughs) compared Tua to him and made him out to be more of a game manager. And that's how we found out that Trent Dilfer apparently coached Tua and he's very high on Tua. And at one point, compared him to Aaron Rodgers, not in terms of skill set, but in terms of way he plays the game, and then said that he thinks that people on TV don't know what they're watching if they're not buying in on Tua, and then started naming a lot of the former quarterbacks that you should watch because they really know what they're talking about. And I hate to break it to you, you were not on that list. Oh, sure. Dan Orlovsky. There's some bias there, you know, yeah. I, I yeah. think when you're getting a paycheck from Tua and, and the people that represent them and that's it, I know, whatever. And hey, I don't have any disrespect to Trent Dilfer. There's fine. I'd trade my career for his in a second. Well, hold on a like second. It, 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 well, hold on, Billy. In fairness to Chris Sims, Dilfer agreed with Sims's analysis of Trent Dilfer's career, though. He did. Like. He did. He did. And he did also say that he was extremely biased in, in this opinion. And then he gave us the opinion. And then he also told us that he coached like 28 of the 32 quarterbacks in the NFL right now, which is like, I don't think any of us knew that if you want to succeed in the NFL, you got to go through Trent Dilfer. But I don't like the two of you being very polite to each other. I need you and Dilfer to hate each other, okay? (laughs) No, I don't. I I will never. I don't know. There's nothing to hate about Trent Dilfer. First off, he's like one of the most unbelievable public speakers I've ever seen in my life. So that's the first thing I give him credit for. He was a better quarterback than people give him credit for, too. I mean – he couldn't have gone to worse places as a quarterback. Those places, even if they had Brett Favre, they'd have been asking him to manage the game too. I mean, that Ravens offense stunk and they wanted to play through the defense. And then he was in Tampa and that offense stunk and they wanted to play through the defense. So I did not mean disrespect with mm. Trent Dilfer. I mm. disrespected my dad in the same conversation if we're going to go there too. So you need to point that out to him and be yeah. fair. So 
Here we are a few minutes in, and I'll take it back. I don't know if I do like you, Billy. You might be a dickhead. <laughs> well, right? so I'm, a, I'm about to make there. it worse. I'm about to make it worse because this well, is a conversation that came up on the show this week on, on the Levitard show. Do you think your dad and Boomer Esiason look very similar? Yeah, like it's scary. It's Thank scary. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Boomer has a bigger belly. My dad has muscles and shape. Boomer is kind of fat and out of shape. But oh. other than that, they have gigantic heads with poofy blonde hair. And then what makes it worse is they're like starting to dress the same, which like when they wear a suit and tie, it's like, you know, always one of those jackets that's like, you know, got lots of, I don't know, print on it and little design and all that. But they're two peas in a pod. A, a Boomer, I got a lot of respect for Boomer too so i'm saying this because he's he's close friend to the family and i can have fun with him and i know that's what my dad always rags on and he has lost his belly he lost some weight in all seriousness but yeah they look very similar and like when they get together it's like they're two like brothers they really are they're just constantly picking on each other and talking crap and uh it's very funny actually to witness uh, we'd like to get the two of them on to see that firsthand, okay? Can we make oh, that Oh, yeah, you should. We yeah. should. Okay, well, no, you could do that for us. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah I could do that. Okay, dad, sure, yeah. <laughs> reach out to big... I'm well, afraid when, to text anything to When Billy conveys my messages of Trent Dilfer the right way, then I'll ask them to get well, on, okay? You, I mean, listen, Billy, he is starting beef with Dilfer. He said he's on the take. I mean, he can be bought. That is true. Yeah, that's what's he, he said Trent Dilfer is for sale. Play it back for Dilfer next week. he got to protect his interests. And, you know, listen, Tua's, of course, a hot button topic and, and and i don't i don't pride myself on saying things negatively like that about anybody i don't i like the person and all that but you know if you watch me and and you, i don't know how much you guys watch me during the week i got lots of friends in the nfl that during the week if they do something stupid i point it out i'm not going to be the one that's just going to hide from it right this is what i do it's big boy league and Hey, the offense looked good and all that in Miami last week, but I guarantee I still got lots of damn concerns about Tua. Sorry, yes. Right, that's because you're not on the take, though, right? I mean, yeah. that's... I'm not on the take. I'm not. I'm not on the take from anybody. Hmm. I can't be bought. All right. Yeah. So that that's not that's not going to happen. Is it an integrity thing? Like you can't be bought, or the right offer hasn't been made yet? Like if we find someone that gets the right price, could we maybe have you be bought? Well, it's got to be like <laughs> it's going to have to be a really big price because yeah. I'm getting paid a lot of money to do what I do as it is already. So oh, for nice. me to ruin my rep and all that, then damn, they got to really blow it out of the water because it might hurt my TV contract and everything like that. So. You know, I got a standard to uphold here, Billy. Hmm. Right. Uh, by the way, those friends inside the NFL, get those, get them on, too, if yeah. you don't mind. Have you ever had B. Marshall on at all? Brandon Marshall or anybody nah. like that? Nah. Oh, man, that's one of my favorite teammates of all time. That's that's my buddy right there. You'd love to have him on. Well, like I said, Billy can convey the messages the right way. I'll start helping you out a little bit. All right, uh, Billy, write that down. Brandon Marshall, Boomer Esiason. Uh, we'll do this one at a time. Phil Sims, drop a new friend's name next week. Mm. All right, and Billy will write him down. Yeah. So we have to go. <laughs> so you're giving us permission to go after Brandon Marshall to join us during the segment, and we can use your name. You're not going to do it, but Billy has to do mm. it, right? Oh, 100%. Okay, yeah, good. I would love to do good. it. I would love to do it. No doubt right. about it. That would okay. be great. Would your dad be okay being compared to does he think he looks like Boomer Esiason? Oh, I yeah, this is some this is where like they have fun with each other because this is what happens in the New York City area, right? Boomer grew up in Long Island, right? Yeah. So yeah. this is hometown. Dad grew up, you know, in the sticks in Kentucky, but dad was the quarterback of the Giants. So 
if they go out, right, you know, people call Boomer Phil a lot. They think Boomer's Phil. So he has to deal with that all the time. And occasionally people will call Phil a Boomer. That, that is a true thing, too. So it's definitely a thing here in the tri-state area. But I imagine Big Fucker being like, what, you can't tell us apart? I have two rings. He does it. So like, uh, well, that, that's, you know, those are some of the comments I've heard come out of my father's mouth before, yes. <laughs> or he'd go, no, no, I'm Phil Sim- If I was Boomer, I'd be fatter. That's what he usually says or something like that. He usually does that. Or my head would be bigger if I was Boomer. And so that's usually where he comes back to it for the fan that goes, hey, Boomer. The big worry for uh, Devontae Adams was going to be his target share coming into this year and I, I don't think that was a problem with his boy Derek Carr uh what do you what do you see from them going this week yeah well they're the, the, that's like a match made in heaven I think that's the word I used before you know when we talked the, the last time when I was out in LA you know McDaniels is a master at you know attacking coverages getting his best player in a situation where hey I got you against this one guy and if you can run the route the right way, the way I taught it, taught it, and then you use your unbelievable, you know, ability to run routes as well, you're going to get catches galore. And that's what I saw in the game more than anything. And I think you're going to continue to see that. Like I, I think I said to you guys, this is – they got a little of like it's Welker and Gronk or Edelman and Gronk. But Devontae Adams, of course, more talented than Edelman. Waller, I think that is that type of status, that kind of guy – and they're going to play games with people, you know, over-unders, things like that. They're going to stress them out. They, I know they got the Cardinals this week. That'll be interesting. But that Cardinals defense, I don't think is anything special by what you saw there, right? You know, Derek Carr's still getting used to the offense. He did not play his best game. You know, he threw three interceptions. And really, they were all kind of bad. But I will say this with Derek Carr. Like, he was letting the ball go. I've always kind of complained sometimes that he tries to be too accurate and throws the ball with too much touch. And I'm like, man, you got to throw the rifle here. You got to let it go. And he was doing that. I got to think that's the Josh McDaniel influence. And I think that'll only get better. I was with McDaniels to bring up Brandon Marshall again in Denver, right, in 2009. I mean, Marshall, of course, had over 100 receptions. He had 22 receptions in one game when we played the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning, because that's the one thing I love about McDaniels too. But they broke, don't fix it. He's not like, oh, I have all these other plays I worked on all week, so I just want to call them to call them. He was like, wait, he keeps getting eight and ten yards. Let's keep calling these same damn plays until they make an adjustment, and he'll do that with Devontae Adams. PFT with Mike Florio every single day. Unbuttoned podcast, doing an amazing football night in America as well. They have the uh, the Packers and the Bears this uh, this Sunday night. Uh, Chris Sims with us on God Bless Football. Should the league be concerned because the Bucks defense is really, really good, and you know Tom Brady's only going to get better? Yeah, I mean, yes. The team's awesome. The defense is awesome. We know that, right? And I do think that oddball stamp of what we saw on Sunday night, I don't think they're going to be as pass happy. I, I'll, I'll be shocked if they throw the ball as much as they did the last two years with Brady. Because I think Bowles being a defensive coach, you know, realizing the offensive line might not be its best at pass protecting with some of the changes there, that they're going to rely on, hey, let's play a little smash mouth. Leonard Fournette's still a hell of a running back. He really is. So I can see them playing that style. And then Brady, oh, wait, you're worried about the run game. Here's a one-on-one outside with Mike Evans or Julio and he'll throw a strike out there. And that's really what they did down the stretch in the Super Bowl, if you go back and watch it. They were overpowering in the run game. 
They made teams play man-to-man or single safety looks, and then he just said, okay, I'll throw the 20-yard out, the 20-yard comeback, the go route. And that's where Brady can still carve you up. That arm is still strong as hell. Chris, with Dak going out, do you see the Cowboys doing some – because they're not going to have Cooper Rush there the whole time, right? Do you see them going out and making a move for someone like Jimmy G? Or do you think Jerry just kind of hangs Mike McCarthy out to dry so he can bring in Sean Payton next season? (laughs) I mean, I don't think that second thought's that crazy. I mean, the Cowboys, to me, they got no chance without Dak Prescott. I mean, none, none. I mean, I I honestly feel like they're like – Oh, you think you might be able to play in four weeks? Oh, we're not going to put him on IR. We're going to wait. The doctor said you're okay. Surgery. Hey, you're okay. Right? Your arm, you're, you're, it's only, it only fell off. It, you'll be okay. You know, Jerry's the smoothest talker, oil salesman in the history of the world. So I think he's like optimistically hopeful that this guy can get back so he can save the day. But I don't see it with the Cowboys. The other part of your question with Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think there's any way that happens unless they want to trade like a first or second round pick. To me, the question is, would the 49ers just trade Jimmy Garoppolo at this point for a middle-round pick or something not impressive? I would say no. I mean, again, we get back to the Trey Lance conversation. It's not good. It doesn't look good. It's not good. I'm just telling you from watching the film, and I knowing my friend, and I haven't talked to him, I'm sure he's stressed out about it. So they need Jimmy Garoppolo there to protect their team, like we said in the past. They're a Super Bowl team. And they need him there in case Trey Lance gets hurt or Trey Lance just doesn't play well. They might have to make that switch. Well, they seem to have two quarterbacks that they don't want in San Francisco right now. They want Trey Lance. Even if they benched him, it's not the end of the world. He's still the future, and they're still going to give it their all to make it work there. But Jimmy Garoppolo better than Trey Lance right now? Absolutely. No doubt. You know, but what I think Shanahan's trying to find is he's trying to get his Josh Allen or his Patrick Mahomes, you know, I think to, to Shanahan, he's probably like, I mean, how many awesome plays do I got to dial up a game and trick people to get people open seven yards over the middle. So my quarterback can look good. That's exhausting. PFT with Mike Florio every day, football night in America. And of course the unbuttoned podcast, you have the Packer game, Packers and bears, Aaron Rodgers, any concerns there? And where are we with Justin Fields? It, to me, it's a fascinating game. The bears are one to know fields didn't play great, but where are you in terms of Justin Fields? And are you concerned about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Yeah. All right. So I'll hit on fields first fields. I'm really impressed with fields. Like you want to okay, talk cool. about a, a draft evaluation that I got wrong. Like I'm going to be wrong totally. That would be Justin Fields, no doubt about it. He's just a more consistent, gifted thrower than I gave him credit for. And I had concerns. You heard them a lot of the time at Ohio State. The motion could be all over the place. The ball could blow up. But he's worked on it. And now all he does is throw perfect spirals, and he's very accurate. Let alone he's one of those talents when he runs. I mean, he's in the conversation for the fastest guy on the field. You know, he's one of those guys that can run 90% and still run like 4-4. And that's insane. And, uh, and then he sees the field well. And he's being coached by a guy, Luke Getze, who was up there in Green Bay, that, you know, they do the right things on offense. They're well coached. They might not be overly talented. So I like fields. I think they're going to be a pain in the butt for Green Bay this week. Wow. Um, and I am concerned about Aaron Rodgers, to your question, Stu Gatz. I am. You know, one – the, yeah, they they don't have enough. They don't have a ton of playmakers. I don't look at their system and just go, "Oh wow, this is amazing." I don't think it's Shanahan or Mike McDaniel or Andy Reid or anything like that. And then 
when you talk about Rodgers, I don't think he trusts the receivers. And Rodgers, you guys have heard me complain. It's too much dink and dunk football. He's got to let it go a little bit. And right. you know, he's, he's, my, maybe, he's my favorite quarterback ever. But if I could be in a room with him, I'd go, dude, we can't dink and dunk it this year. You're going to have to make some plays and some throws. And, you know, you get into like this right now, and I think he's too worried about his quarterback rating and his interception touchdown ratio. That's great. You know, go look at the stats last year. You know, Josh Allen, Burrow, Stafford, they were up towards the top of football in interceptions. Brady threw double-digit interceptions. You can go down the list. You know, Herbert was in double because they're aggressive. They put pressure on you, and that's what helps them win games. There was still too many plays in this game, and I used the phrase on my podcast, Dugats, where I said, Rodgers can do it all. The thing that concerns me is the throws that he doesn't make, where I go, this guy's open. 20 yards down the middle, but we check it to the back over here. Or check it to the back over here. Who's covered, too, by the way. And I want to go, whoa, that's actually was scarier than why didn't you throw to Sammy Watkins 20 yard over the middle? I don't get it. And to me, that's where um, they need him to play a different style, in my opinion, if they want to go where they want to go. He's going to have to carry the squad a little bit that way. And that's why, to me, he's not as good as Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, or Burrow right now. Because they're going, they're killers. They are killers. They're going, I want to slash your throat, rip your head off, and rip a leg off. And Rodgers is just like, I just want to make a little slash here and a cut there and a boo-boo right. there. Yeah. And that ain't going to get it done. They're Rodgers 10 years ago. I don't know what's going on with them. Exactly Boy, right. Yes, exactly. Right. He was a killer. That's then. what we need a little bit. More of that, that killer instinct. And, yes. and I don't know why he's playing in that style. They were good enough the last few years to kind of do that. But you guys heard me last year. I kept going. I don't know if they can go to the Super Bowl just going, you know, high completion percentage. We're going to manage the game and always be ahead of the chains and second and six and, you know, play efficiency football. The only team I've ever seen that's been consistently able to win playing that football are the New England Patriots. But that's because they had a great defensive coach, an unbelievable offensive mind, and then Brady, of course, could always make the right decision so they could dissect you like that. I don't think their system is good enough. Their talent's not good enough. And that's where I go. Rodgers has got to – he's got to say fuck it a little bit more. That's that's the bottom line. Check him out. PFT with Mike Florio every day on Peacock, the Unbuttoned Podcast, and also Football Night in America, Sunday Night Football. Got Bears and Packers this Sunday night. Uh, what's on the podcast this week, Sims, before you get out of here? Well, you know, like uh, this past week, you know, I, I always have my what the F happens, you know, Wednesdays where – I break down, you know, a bunch of games. And we probably broke down 10 out of the 16 games where, I mean, you know, I got 17 pages of notes on my on my book here from last week where I write the notes down, I send them to my producers and my co-hosts, and they go through it and we talk about it. So that's where I hope I can separate myself and people do want to tune in and listen to my podcast is we get in the weeds about the game. I keep it real. And, you know, try to give my best assessment through the people who have taught me about what I think happened in the game and maybe what teams need to change about their football team going forward. All right. We'll talk to you next week with uh, Big <laughs> Boomer and uh, Brandon Marshall, okay? Yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'll organize the whole <laughs> show for you guys. No problem. <laughs> All right, man. We love you. See you guys. Uh, have, have a good right. weekend, man. Enjoy it. Great. You too. See you guys.